what asshole left their puppies out in the middle of nowhere? You jerks. Like, let me go save these puppies. I was watching rap videos and then Randy Newberg popped up. I just remember being like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is this? And then being intrigued by it. Like, oh, okay, let me watch these guys hunt. This is a grown man. He has more of an education than I do, but I'm inspiring him to get out and hunt. Listening to all the colors of the wind. Yeah, like Pocahontas. You know, when it's time to get serious, it's time to get serious. They're going to probably be disappointed in the fact that I'm not dancing while I'm hunting. I think Buck the Black Hunter will really speak to them. I'm talking about anybody in the city who's not connected with the outdoors. This is Orlando Childs from Campfire Evolution, and you are listening to The Wild Initiative. Put down your latte and pull on your boots. Our culture needs people that are leaders and not people that are waiting for somebody else to show them how to do it. Those fields of tofu, that was formerly habitat for wildlife. You're killing off wildlife by being a vegetarian just as much as a hunter when he kills a deer. I'm like, well, you see that bush right there? (laughs) There's your bathroom. (laughs) My dad wears a Levi jacket. He sits in front of a sagebrush and he tells me the best camo is hold still. Not that Donnie Vincent is, but be relentless in everything you do. Don't crap out. Go back to the truck with excuses or whatever. Okay, assume I get a deer. How do I cut it up to fit into a Honda Civic? Just get outside. Just get outside and go. Because once you do, it's all gravy from there. Hey, this is Zach Griffith. This is Hannah Barron. This is Jason Phelps of Phelps Game Calls. Hey, guys, this is Cody Rich from the Rich Outdoors podcast. What's up, guys? This is Chad Mendez. You're listening to The Wild Initiative. Hey, y'all, welcome to another episode of The Wild Initiative as part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, y'all, so getting on to today's episode, I am sitting down with the one and only... Orlando Chiles Childs, however you want to happen to pronounce it for the day, I guess. Um, AKA Campfire Evolution on Instagram. Um, There are, you guys can't see the video, but there are chickens cruising around in the background right now. And for some reason, (laughs) I just found it hilarious. They looked like they legit walked out. the, The perspective made it look like they were walking out of your ear. Which is really entertaining to me. Um, oh, that's awesome! There they are. <laughs> yeah, they just ran off into the bushes. Yeah, uh, Orlando. <laughs> thing. Wow, we're getting off to an interesting start already. One of my roosters' names is Johnny Bravo, and uh, his his ladies over there. That's Red, and the other one hates Red. I'm not sure why they're hanging out together. And I got one over here that's laying eggs, and she ain't going nowhere. I gave her some water and some food. She's just hanging out, chilling, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, of course they don't like each other. You got Johnny Bravo. He's got his woman, and you got his his side hoe hanging around. What what is that, it's man? Interesting, interesting uh, <laughs> dynamic they have going on, but uh. Johnny, Johnny Bravo handles it, handles it very well. He's a very good chicken. Very good rooster. <laughs> my folks, uh, my folks actually, they just got some new chickens and I got a text message while I was out of town. They're like, Hey, um, turns out one of the chickens is a rooster. Uh, we need you to come process it for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I came to visit and I like the dang thing. I don't want to eat it. I like the dang chicken. I, I want actually, him to keep. I actually had to get rid of one of mine. Um, actually, hold on, let me show you. All right, folks. You, those of you that aren't watching the video, he just ran off to grab grab a chicken. <laughs> yeah, well, so um, I was hunting coyotes and I needed to take care of one of my roosters. So um, I did. And I sort of use him as a, as you can see, his tail's flaring everywhere, a coyote decoy. I haven't tried it yet, <laughs> but... Um, some roosters can come in handy, man, if you just process them right. <laughs> <laughs> so you just you're just gonna use the the tailpiece and let it kind of flap in the wind as a decoy. Oh, I'm just gonna put. I'm planning on using a hanger, and um, 
just like setting it up in the ground and just letting it flap in the wind. And um, I know I have a little corridor. I want to hit him with my bow. So it's, it's, it's more of a passionate thing for me of just to trick him with a rooster that I processed. I think that would be like, you know, icing on the cake, but, uh, but yeah, it's set him up, you know, make some calls, get him looking, get him curious and um, see if I can put a pointy stick in them. <laughs> Damn. I'm impressed, man. Going, going after the coyotes with the bow even. Well, they, um, I think that they, I, I had a, I had a bad rep for coyotes. I really did. I didn't like them until I started hunting them. And then when I realized like, they're just surviving out there, just like anything else. Like the coyotes that we have around here about two hours away, I found a den actually. And then when I found the den, I actually didn't know it was a den. So I found, I'm, I'm jogging on this trail and I see these puppies and I'm like, what asshole left their puppies out in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> you jerks. Like, let me go save these puppies. Right. So I jog over to these puppies and they look at me and they run into a tree. And then all of a sudden I see this, this, well, two coyotes on this hillside, they start barking at me. And I'm like, oh shit, like those are coyotes. And one comes close and he starts <laughs> dancing around and barking and dancing around and he runs. They're like doing circles around me. And I'm like, all right, I respect these motherfuckers. They deserve a bow, not a rifle. I'm going to come back here and see if I can trick one and uh, stick them. Oh, that's funny, man. That, that reminds me of the meme. Uh, you probably seen it floating around on Facebook or something somewhere, but it's like, it's the lady and, and like the caption says, it, there's like this nasty looking coyote on the couch and it's this lady's like, you know, stray dog found very unfriendly that I gave it a bath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that would have been, that would have been a bad experience at the vet probably or, or the humane society bringing in a bunch of coyotes. Oh my like, God. Hey, I found me some asshole, let him go in the middle of nowhere. And I'm just trying to bring him back to you. <laughs> Can you imagine going into like, the tractor supply like vet clinic or something and being like, so I need to get shots and uh, get all these neutered. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. The looks I would get, I would, I don't know. Some may respect me. They may think I'm starting like a, a Joe exotic, a, a buck exotic experience. Oh my gosh. And, uh, buck, no. <laughs> buck exotic. There, there buck is your exotic. Halloween costume. Right there. <laughs> that is your Halloween costume for this year. If you do not do that, I will shed a tear. Oh shit. You just that's a great idea. Buck I'm hunting this Halloween, but yeah. <laughs> I'll be I'll be in um G thirty eight. I got a late season rifle tag in California. Nice. So I'll, be, I'll be hunting on Halloween, unfortunately. Well, fortunately. Get away from <laughs> honestly since nine eleven, Halloween hasn't been the same. I don't know if it's like that for you. But for me, since 9-11, it's never fully like the amount of kids I see on the street have never recouped. Hmm. I feel like there's been a lot. I don't know. I feel like before 9-11, there was like I was hitting the streets, packed houses. Everybody's involved. Everyone's having fun. There's no like worry about people poisoning candy, at, at least at, as much anyway. And then 9-11 happened and then it was like a dead Halloween for like four straight years and then it slowly came back but it was more like drive through Halloweens and you know parking lot Halloweens in the city anyway I'm, I'm in California so everyone was paranoid about everything so it was just it just changed man that's weird like I haven't I haven't thought about it but it's also been so long since I've really lived anywhere that that kids are going to be trick-or-treating like I mean I grew up I grew up in like suburbs in Seal Beach, man. Like we like little housing tract. So it was, you know, I mean, it was like tons of kids were always coming yeah. through, always cycling through. And I mean, effectively, ever since I went off to college, I haven't lived in a place like that since. Well, and so, is, yeah. you know, I mean, I want to say it was my freshman year college that 9-11 happened. It was freshman or sophomore, freshman year college was when 9-11 happened. So, it, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. Well, I was still trying to get my yeah. rocks off in high school at that time, man. <laughs> like, that was when, like, I was just getting into, like, that teenage Halloween years. Like, I enjoyed all the adolescence, but I was finally getting ready for the parties. And then um, everything just changed. Man. For, in the cities, for, seriously, man, in the cities, people were so paranoid about just about everything. Like, when it came to, like, anyone... Like food, 
like candy, like cupcakes. Like I remember when we used to have a new neighborhood that would come in, we would make cupcakes and pies and shit. We would bring them to the new neighbors and welcome them in. But like new neighbors came in after 9-11. We, we didn't even talk to them. Like we were just like, it was, it's weird. Like in the city, I'm talking in the city. Yeah. I don't know about Northern California. Northern California uh. is a completely different area. But in the Bay Area, it was just all city, man. It was just weird. This weird dynamic where people just didn't like to hang out anymore or something. <laughs> well, man. So speaking of the city, yeah. um, I would love if you could just kind of give us a rundown of just a little bit about yourself, like who you are, where you're from. Um, and really, you know, you've got a, a little bit of a different background than a lot of my guests. Yours is probably more, a little more similar to mine, uh, than anything, but, uh, how did you get, introduced to hunting and the outdoors and all this stuff? What started all of this? Well, like what started all of it was an alcoholic Orlando to be a hundred percent honest with you. Um, well, shit, let's dive in. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, I was working at InShape in Stockton at the time. And, um, <clears throat> I was sort of transitioning into this. I got a role for an, an actor and I was, like actively talking to, we were actively talking to a couple of different places. Um, the producers were, it was, it was a bit pretty big thing for what I thought it was. I just thought I was showing up for some audition at one point and, and then, um, you know, here we are, we're in LA, we're in Santa Monica, we're at these film festivals. I'm talking to like executives from the Weinsteins and I was just like, Oh, this is real. So, um, that happened. And then it didn't happen. Like as soon as I went up, it was just like, oh yeah, wine scene fell out. No one wants to take our show. We're trying to figure out what to do with it. And then like all the calls stopped, um, all the like meetings stopped. People just stopped talking to me. Kind of went into a depression. Then I ended up losing my job because of a DUI that I got because I was depressed. So that put me into like even more of a depression. I just kept drinking after my DUI. And, um, I was actually sitting at home watching Randy Newberg. Nope. I was watching rap videos and then Randy Newberg popped up and that's kind of what sparked. Yeah. I I got to interrupt that for a second because I just had this picture of like full on hardcore, like rap music video. Yeah. And then Randy Newberg, like popping up, like in the middle of the rap. Yeah laying down some beats. I can Um, tell you exactly what I was listening to. I was listening to, um, I was listening to Andre Nicotina and I was going between Andre Nicotina. I love McConan and, um, some dude named father who, who makes songs with, I love McConan. And, um, (laughs) yeah, I was watching a ton of those videos, double fisting beers, double fisting beers. It was probably like 10 in the morning. I was moving out of my place TV's on full blast and um, randomly I'm like cleaning up. I'm like drunk cleaning up. And uh, for some random reason, Randy Newberg pops up on, you know, on, on, on the YouTube. And I'm I like, I like walk in there and I'm like listening to the, you know, his little theme song. And, and, you know, here we are in, in Southeast Alaska and it's me and my buddy. Um, and yeah, man, it was just, uh, <laughs> I, I just remember being like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is this? Like almost grabbing it and then being intrigued by it. Like, Oh, okay. Let me watch these guys. Huh? He seems like a pretty cool guy. And I, I've watched, I've tried to watch hunting shows before. And, um, there's, there's something that just doesn't vibe with me about some hunting shows versus Randy Newberg show. And I don't know what it is. I think it's, you know what? I'm gonna be honest, man. I think it's that, you've reached this Easton's and we're going to be hunting mule deer in the great state of Colorado. Like, (laughs) I mean, it's like, it just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem real. I can't connect to that. And, um, I mean, Granted, I watched, I was just watching this. So that's how I kind of knew what to say. Cause I was just watching the Easton's. <laughs> I was, I liked, I liked their, their, I liked their, their footage. I like to watch them hunt, but there, I just, it was hard for me to connect, but because I made that connection through Randy Newberg, I can now like venture into other hunting shows. Cause I'm not really so much trying to be entertained rather than I'm trying to be educated. Um, Randy Newberg was your like gateway drug into hunting. Randy Newberg was the, not even the gateway drug. He was the gateway like lifestyle. 
Like, to be honest, he, I, I like wrote my Bible off of like how Randy Newberg hunts. Like if I injure something, I'm filling out my tag. Like if I, I don't hunt private, you know, I don't, I, well, I would hunt private, but I don't hunt. I don't sit there and trespass. That's something that bothers me. I don't litter. Like I have so many like things that I picked up from him that I'm like, I need to teach others how to do this like this. Because when I started hunting in California, I didn't see any of that. I saw trash everywhere. I seen people using rifles during bow season. I seen trespassers. I seen all kinds <laughs> of shit. And it was just like, oh man, like this is why we're getting such a bad rep in California. Like this is it. And um, I just, I'm, you know, I'm doing my best to 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 make an example and, and sort of shift the gears here a little bit in California, especially like about hunters. Um, people get the people look at me, especially in the stores, and they see me wearing like my big Hank shirt and my public land shirt, and they're really surprised <laughs> that I'm that I'm a hunter. And um, I'm just kind of like I they're more intrigued than they are like turned off by it. Um, and especially since this whole COVID stuff happened, they're really more people are really more like oh hunting. Like I need to learn how to hunt. I've seen a lot more people at the archery shop where I go to new faces that are coming in there. Like what kind of bow should I get? And they're, I mean, they're asking for crossbows and stuff like that, but you know, it's, they're, they're people are interested in the outdoors and they're interested in in hunting a lot more now. And, um, talk about those rabbit holes, man. I completely forgot where we (laughs) just were. Um, well, yeah, so black hunter. (laughs) So I was going to say for, for those who have not figured it out by now if from either the podcast cover or any of the other plethora of media I've put out because we're not watching videos. I'll, I'll be all audio for those who have not figured it out by now. You're a black guy. <laughs> yes. Yes, I and, am. And of all people, I think to like, <laughs> I love Randy Newberg. I think he's one of the greatest guys, but he's also like the whitest dude on the face of this earth. Um, he's an accountant. Well, <laughs> and like he, it's such an interesting he way. He reminds me of my uncle Donnie a little bit. And my uncle Donnie's black. He's blacker than black. He, if my <laughs> uncle Donnie hunted, he would be like the black equivalent to Randy Newberg. My uncle Donnie does not hunt, but his mannerisms are very much the same. He's very like sits. He's very upright. Like Randy Newberg is very. Randy Newberg is very upright. He's very. He speaks very well. Um, he holds his emotions very well. Like when I see Randy Newberg and I know he's frustrated, he's like, God, dang it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I know what you want to say, but you're, 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 you're being a professional. Son and, of a um, yeah. gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And honestly, man, he's just, um, he's entertaining and he's like, he's, uh, he's very charming, if you will. And um, just the way he talks about hunting and he's just honest, his honesty just poured out of his heart. He was just like, well, you know, I, I, I shot a buck. I'm now reversing to the, the, the show, the, the episode I really was like, I need to hunt was he was hunting um, archery mule deer in Arizona and he was at full draw on a buck, shot him. He thought the buck was hit and he kind of dazed around a little bit, shot him again Anyway, he didn't recover that buck and he filled his tag and he was just like, I can see it in his like voice. I can see it in his personality. He was, he was hurt that he did that to that buck. He was like upset that it happened. He filled out his tag. He didn't even bring his bow with him the next day. And I think he saw even bigger buck that he could have shot if he had his bow and filled out his tag. And he didn't, he was just like, you know, I shot that buck. I want to find that buck. And, um, you know, it happens sometimes, but you know, I, I feel like shit, you know, I feel like, a lot of other people that I know personally, if they were making a show, they would edit that part out, bring their bow back again, shoot a bow and then make him look like a badass. And even like talking, even talking to people now, I'm telling them, oh, I'm a film, I'm a film, everything basically on, on my hunts coming up this year. I, I tell them I'm filming everything. Even if I don't feel a tag, I'm filming that too. I'm filming all the shit that I did wrong and I'm filming it. And I want people to know that like, People, people come to me with questions that I don't have the answers to. And that's another thing is like, I'm, I'm not a, I'm nothing. I'm just a guy who likes to hunt and I want other people to hunt too. I'm, I don't, I'm not no professional. I'm not anything. I'm just a ex athlete who's trying to dive into something else because that's the only way to keep his sanity and hunting is just bow hunting specifically is, is doing it for me. So I, I don't, 
I don't claim to have any, you know, there's one of the questions that you have, uh, what is some, what is one of your specialties? And I'm like, man, I just know how to live my life and be positive. Besides that, like that's probably the best thing that I'm good at. But besides that, it's, I don't have any, I, I'm a thing. I'm a bad hunter. Uh, I think I'm, um, I think I'm, I need to get really better at bow hunting and every day I wake up and I have this motivation to just become better. And, um, it's a sickness. Honestly, my wife thinks I'm, I'm, I'm mad crazy because all I do is want to get better. And the reason that I want to get better simply is because like, I want to be one of those people that I look up to like Randy. I want to someday be like, like some kid is at home watching rap videos and all of a sudden my video pops up and he's like, Oh shit, I can do this too. And I don't have to sit here and be bored and hang out with and do whatever the fuck I was doing or whatever. I mean, not everybody, not everybody's doing bad shit, but you know, there's, there's better things to be doing sometimes, especially when you're a young person and um, you don't really know what the fuck else to do, but what you've been doing since high school. So you just continue doing what you've been doing. And I was there, I did the shit, but Randy Newberg definitely opened up some boxes for me. And another thing I was fighting at the time and I got a really bad, uh, situation where, you know, the DUI happened, you can't go to train. It's, it's when you're, when you're trying to act and fight and you get a DUI and you don't have a car to get to San Francisco when you live in Stockton, which is about two hours away and your gym is two hours away and and you're in Stockton and you're kind of like, you know, you, you lose everything. But then when I saw Randy Newberg's show, (laughs) I uh, ended up getting a bow and I can shoot that in my backyard where I was. So it was like, okay, like I just started shooting my little PSC. And um, that's what I was doing. Like my whole DUI, I, I was shooting my PSC and just, you know, just watching Randy Newberg. And um, then I fell, fell in love with the meat eater after I started paying for Netflix. And um, the meat eater was like my second introduction that was just kind of like, oh, this is another guy that I really relate to because he's just super real, super honest. I don't see him getting monster bucks that are like 190 plus every time he goes out hunting. You know what I mean? He's just about getting meat and that's something I really respected. And yeah, so really, man, it was what started off me hunting was two beers, YouTube, rap music, and whatever's algorithm angel that YouTube had for me that, um, that plugged me to Randy Newberg. I, I, I am dying. I, I have to figure out how the heck that happened. Cause that was just like Man. divine intervention or something. Like that is just insane. Divine, intervention D- divine huntervention. There we go. I think you just <laughs> named the title of this episode. Um, <laughs> I'm writing nice. that down right now. Uh, um, this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So uh, the other thing, you know, I I wanted to bring up, uh, we were talking about it a little bit earlier is, um, you know, you've got kind of your brand going, which I I love the, I love like, actually, literally, it looks kind of like a brand, your, your logo, the campfire evolution thing. But on your Instagram, you have Buck the Black Hunter. What's so? What's uh? Tell us a, a little bit about the history with that. You got it. So, um, Buck the Black Hunter kind of started in two different places. Uh, it was Thanksgiving 2018. I was at my um, 
my old lady's house, my, my, my wife's, you know, my, my in-laws house. Um, well, my, you know, my father-in-law and my mother-in-law and we were hanging out and talking and I was talking about how I wanted to hunt. At this point, I haven't hunted yet. I was just talking about it. I was just shooting my bow. I, I bring my bow every, everywhere with me, everywhere that had a hay bale, I was shooting my bow and they lived in Northern California. So I was able to just bring it and I just was shooting it. And everyone was just like, Oh my God, here's this guy who's shooting his bow <laughs> a lot. He's wearing camo. Like what's his deal? And, um, and I'm black and everyone there was white. So it was like, not just white. I mean, they were like rodeo family. Like not, not that like <laughs> black people don't do rodeos, but they were like hardcore. They're like all these guys rodeo, all these guys up there in, in Anderson, California, all they do is rodeo. This is my family. I love them to death. Hardcore rodeos guys. And that's who I was hanging out with. So I'm this big black guy with dreadlocks, uh, hanging out with these hardcore rodeo guys and I'm shooting my bow and I'm talking about hunting. And, um, her father-in-law came up to me and he was like, you know what? Like you're, you're handsome, dude. I'm gonna call you buck. I'm going to call you Buck because you like to hunt and you're handsome. <laughs> I'm going to call you Buck. And I'm like, all right, man, call me Buck. You know, it's all good. And then we had a laugh and we were drinking and laughing and whatever, having fun. Um, I got the, I think the, the reason the story came up at my friend's house is because there's a guy, <laughs> I'm going to say his name because he's going to love me for it. A guy named Wyatt in, in Anderson, California. I got him fucked up. I was smoking some weed and he was drinking and he was like, I can smoke some weed too. And I'm like, all right, you know, you want to smoke, you know, here you go. So I gave him some weed and he was fucked up. Like normally he gets pissed drunk anyway, but this guy like freaking was fucked up after he smoked. And uh, I was talking to my buddies in, uh, in the Bay area about like this, what had happened. And I'm like, yeah, I was at my mother-in-law and I got this guy like super fucked up. Like he couldn't even like walk. He was so high off of shit. And, and they were like, um, oh shit. Like, you know, I'm like, oh yeah. And, and his, the father-in-law started calling me Buck because he said I'm handsome. And he, you know, I got the nickname Buck. And um, he, my, my buddy looks at me and he was like, man, you just bucked the black hunter then, ain't you? Look at you. You just <laughs> bucked the black hunter. You just hunting and shit. Yeah, I'm going to call you Buck the Black Hunter. And I was like, shit, I think I like that shit right there. And uh, that's kind of how it started, man. It was Buck the Black Hunter. And then um, it just, rolled, just kept rolling from there. Oh, man. And even, that's funny. Even I have a, I'm writing some, some music. I got some music that I'm working on, some, some hunt rap to be really specific. It's all about hunting. And um, I'm pretty excited because it's, it's pretty funny. I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all about hunting. And it's, I'll, send you the, I'll, send you the, I'll send you the mastered version. The video is not coming out until 2021. And, you know, it, yeah, I think you're going to like it. But anyway, <laughs> and my rapper name is Buck the Black Hunter just because um, it, just, it, just, it just seems to stick, man. And, and honestly, man, it's, I think it, it, really, it really helps other people who are viewing my Instagram like when they see Buck the Black Hunter, people who are of, of color may be more interested by the name Buck the Black Hunter, just because it kind of speaks out to, to who they might relate to or somebody they might relate to. Uh, and I'm not just talking about black folks. I'm talking about anybody in the city who's not connected with like the outdoors at all. And there's a plenty of people in the city who are connected more to like the hip hop culture. And I think Buck the Black Hunter will really speak to them because, you know, they're sitting there listening to trap music and shit, you know, and they're scrolling through their Instagram and all of a sudden they see Campfire Revolution, Buck the Black Hunter. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Who's this guy? Buck the Black Hunter. This Black Hunter motherfucker in, in California. Like, what the fuck? Let me see what this guy's up to. And that's happened. The reason I say that is because people have hit me up who would not think of hunting ever in their life. And all of a sudden they're like, hey, I saw you on some page and, um, Shit, I'm like, what the fuck is this black dude doing in the city hunting? Like, let me click on him. And then got followers. Like, man, I like what you're doing. I really want to start hunting. What kind of bow should I get? What should I do? How should I do this? How should I do that? And honestly, this one dude is in particular, um, there was, there's two guys. There's one kid who went and bought a bow, but, he, you know, he was, he had a little bit of money. There's another dude who was just like, he's just like, hit me up. And he's like, man, I'm just like you. I just graduated college. I don't really know what to do with my life. Like all this COVID stuff is going on. I just started doing popping pills and taking prescription meds. 
but like I saw your page and I'm really inspired by it. And I want to like, I want to start hunting. Like, where do I start? And I'm like, man, first go get your hunter safety course, get online to get that scheduled. Then when you go into the Bass Pro Shop or wherever you're going to be going to, to take your hunter safety course, get yourself a bow, get yourself a nice, they have them pre-set up for about $290, $300 max already set up. Uh, you can get a bow and just start shooting in your backyard. Um, I know, a, <clears throat> I know of a bow actually that uh, there's a diamond bow. It's about 350 all set up and, um, it goes from 20 pounds to 70 pounds. Oh, wow. I'm like, man, start with that bow right there. You can start with it and, and, and build yourself up and all the bows that come out. And I told him, he's like, no, what about this Hoyt? What about this? I'm like, Hey, spend what you got. But what I'm saying is, is all the bows now that come out in like 2020 are going to do a good fucking job. Like, there are bows going doing good in, in fucking 2005. Like think about the growth that you're buying right now. It's, it's going to get the job done. Yeah. There's some stuff that makes bows do go faster, go slower, whatever, whatever. There's all kinds of stuff that bows do, but just get yourself a bow that shoots and that shoots hard. You're not shooting past 40 yards probably. So just stick it to 40 and you're going to be, you're, you're, you're going to be good with this diamond bow. And um, he did, and he bought it and he sent me pictures of it. And he's like, Hey, I'm shooting in my backyard. And now he's sending me pictures. He's like, Hey, look, like um, I'm at bullseye. Like he's sending me challenge uh, videos and we're doing like little challenge videos back and forth. And um, he's talking about planning his first hunt for Wyoming next year. He's like, I'm getting a rifle. I want to go hunt Wyoming just like you. And I'm like, this is, this is a grown man. You know what I mean? He's, he's graduated college. He has more of an education than I do, but I'm inspiring him to get out and hunt because life just, life just shit on him, so to speak right now. And he's like in probably his, you know, deepest, you know, downfall he he might feel. And uh, it feels good, man. It feels good to like, I'm hoping to reach more people and change more lives. But that, that little, that little tidbit right there feels good. It's, you know, I mean, that's totally what we were talking about earlier. Like sometimes, you know, you put this stuff out there, you're kind of doing your thing and, and it's, you kind of just forget that it does. Like there, there are people out there that respond and, and get inspired. It's, it's such a rewarding feeling when somebody like sends you a picture from their first hunt or getting their first bow or, or, you know, it's updating you on what they're doing. It's like, yeah, like, man, okay. You know, it's, it's especially like, you know, it's a lot of work to put this stuff out, you know, it's, it's to put out a podcast, to, to do content, make a website. Like it's a full-time job in and of itself. Yeah. To find people to interview on a podcast itself, like <laughs> people showing up on time, <clears throat> wink, wink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, I was super late for this podcast. Um, I'm on daddy daycare, but uh, I was late. So I'm talking about myself. Um, and then like to produce content that people are going to like, it's, it was challenging, especially for me in the beginning. I've, I've been trying to do campfire for the last maybe like a year and a half, two years. And um, it didn't start taking off until I started just being me. I stuck at small numbers, people interested in me. There was not a lot of people who liked my stuff and I was trying to fit in kind of, I was trying to like, you know, not, I don't know, not be too flamboyant is is what I'll call it. I mean, it's not what most people consider flamboyant, but I definitely let loose recently on my Instagram and I was just like, you know what? Like I was on a run and when I'm running, man, that's those videos you see me running and dancing and singing. That's, that's what I do all the time. That's me a thousand percent. So I decided to film it and then people liked it. So then I was just like, this is me literally all the time. And I'm shooting my bow. I'm usually playing music and I'm dancing and I'm singing. And then I set in and I do a little dance. And then it's, <laughs> it's just me, man. I just, I'm just a silly dude. Um, all of, like, you know, when it's time to get serious, it's time to get serious, especially when we're, when we're, when we're getting to the trailhead, I'm silly. Once we pass those gates, I'm, I'm super different. Um, people probably who hunt with me after they see my Instagram and actually get to hunt with me, meet me in person, they're going to probably be disappointed in the fact that I'm not dancing while I'm hunting because I do, I'm <laughs> super just different, man. I'm just like in the zone. I'm really in tune. I have this like slow, like I feel like my heartbeat slows down and everything becomes slower because people, people have a desk. And that's another thing is when I start hunting, 
a lot of people that I went hunting with have a destination to where they want to start hunting. I start hunting once I hit the trailhead because there's been so many times that I've got to the trailhead and we're like talking and we're laughing and we're ha 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 high fives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Buck, oh shit. What the fuck? Wait, where's your rangefinder? Where's, hold on, let me grab it. Let me do this. So no, no more of that. It happened to me too many times. So once I get to the trailhead, I'm like rock ready, ready and loaded to go. Even if there's dogs barking, there's, I don't care. There's horses running around. Even if there's ATVs driving past me, I'm like in the mode because I, you never know when that ATV might spook up a buck over here and he might just run out in front of you after the ATV pops up. After the ATV passed, this actually happened to me in Wyoming, an ATV ran, drove right past me. I wasn't hunting out. ATV was smashed right past me and I'm walking up this hill and right when the ATV passed this hill and turned over, this elk comes into the road. Beautiful. I mean, I think he's a big boy. He was probably only a five point, not, not very big at all, but all elk are huge to me. So I, they all trophies in my book, but this huge, beautiful elk just comes into the middle of the road and looks at me. And I'm like, you, if I had a tag for you right now, you would, <laughs> would be over uh, I didn't have a tag for elk in, in Wyoming at that point, but um, he did bring along two cows with him, and I do have a cow tag this year, so <laughs> <laughs> we will be we will be looking for cows at that same road crossing um, next this year coming up. But it, it, I had this like super crazy like way of looking at hunting because I'm I'm also very much like a hippie hunter is what I is what I call it. And there's probably people that are just like that, but when I'm hunting. Like everything means something to me. Like if I see birds, I'm looking at birds like, oh, there's crows over there. I wonder what those crows are doing over there. I'm like looking at like the wind, obviously checking the wind to see which way the wind's going. And I'm like listening to sounds. I'm like, oh, are there cars up there? I'm listening to the car door slam up there to see, oh, they might be spooking deer over here. So let me see, oh, the wind's coming this way. So let me actually peek over this way and see if I can see. And I'm just have this like weird way of like going about getting to my spots and my destinations while I'm hunting just because I'm weird, I think. And I really don't know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of going off of like, oh, I think it feels good this way. I think it feels good this way. And I'm really just kind of playing the wind and the sounds and kind of just like listening to all the colors of the wind. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, a Pocahontas reference. Um, yeah, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah, like Pocahontas, I'm very much in tune with like, I want to know where the water is and I want to know where, and obviously you want to know where all the food is and what kind of food you want to know, what kind of trees are over there. You want to know like, you know, everything. And yeah, it's just, I'm just a, such a weird guy to hunt with. Cause I've seen guys who are just like, yeah, this is where we're going. And it's doom, doom, doom. And they're like, all right, we're going to go here and then we're going to glass down here this way. And I'm like, I, I don't think of it like that because what if the wind's coming, your, your plan might have to change because the wind's going uphill by the time we get there. And, and now we just spooked all this game where you want to look at because our wind changed. So like, let's just go with the wind man. let's just go with the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. No, I think that's super, super critical. And it's something I always need. I know I need to be reminded of it often is, you know, it's very, like you said, it's very easy to get in the mindset of, okay, we're going to this one place and that's where we're going to be hunting. And like, to some extent, I get it. If you're going after a very specific bull or something and you know exactly where he's at and like, there's, you know, there's a different mindset, but for 90% of us that are just like, I just want to, I'm just gonna be stoked if I see a bull today. Um, <laughs> like it's a, an awesome reminder because just this last year in Montana hunting elk, I there was a couple of times where I was, you know, I would I would come up from the car and I'd go across uh, like up over this hill and just across this I'd have to cross this wide open field of state land to get kind of over this ridge and down into this spot where I do most of my hunting and. 90% of the time, the elk, I could glass them way up off in the distance. 
so I, I just, I started getting tired, discouraged in the mornings. And so I just be Trump, 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 Trump going through this field. And there's a couple of times I, you know, if I had been a lot more careful and had been paying attention the whole time. And some of it was, it was just too early and I couldn't see well, but if I'd been paying attention, if I'd started my hunt, the second I crossed into that field, uh, rather than trying to get to my destination, a lot higher likelihood, I would have been able to take one of those, one of those bulls that just happened to be randomly like standing in the <laughs> middle of that field. Um, <laughs> And, you know, there was, there were ways I could have gotten to him there. It wasn't the greatest setup opportunity, but I would have been doing a lot better than if I had just been Trump, Trump, Trump and through that field, you know, not caring how much my bag was wrestling and how much noise I was making and how many rocks I was kicking. Right. And and I do want to remind people that I'm an idiot when it comes to hunting. I am, (laughs) I am bad at hunting, but like it was it, it took me to be bad at hunting to figure out how to be a little bit more successful or how to increase my success. And that's an, honestly one of the reasons that I work out so much is because one of the reasons I wasn't successful is because I got tired really fast and I started sweating and I would get really cold and I was just making bad choices and I would just kind of tap out sooner than I would want to. And um, one of the things that I've learned is to, well, have more cardio endurance and um, take off your clothes when you're hiking because you get hot really fast. And I'm a hot, I get hot really fast. Even if it's like snowing outside, I should probably just have my base layer on because walking up that hill, I'm probably still going to sweat a little bit, but having a jacket on is not, not the business. And uh, it, it, there's a lot of things that I've learned that I feel like are making me a better hunter, especially coyote hunting, coyote hunting, when I say like play the wind, coyote hunting is all about wind, man. Cause they are so smart. They like, I've only got a coyote to come within about 40 yards quartering towards me. It wasn't a good shot. Very windy where I hunt. It's just super blazing. And it was just all like tall grass and I can barely see where his vitals were. So it wasn't a shot that I, that I wanted to take, but it was just like, it's just like you need to be in the perfect spot when they come to you. It's not like, Oh, the wind's coming this way. By the time the freaking, by the time they start coming into your calls, you know, the wind can switch a little bit. And like, it's just, it's so tricky dude to try to like, there's these little goalies where I hunt these coyotes. So like I'll set up at the top of the, of this crest and I'll start making calls and I'll set up my call behind me um, to do a little dance. And there's only one way for them to come. So if they, if they were to try to come around, it would take them so long to come down. It's well, just a straight shot down and across. And their den is basically where I set my decoy at. So I'm coming down, I'm trying to meet them at their decoy and the wind at one time in the morning is just blowing strictly crosswind. And it's, it's this crazy game that I'm trying to play because it goes from crosswind to facing me. And it's just like, I got to be there at the right time in order for everything to work. And most of the time it works, it's just, they don't, they don't see anything and they don't commit. You know, I haven't tried the, the, the rooster yet. Maybe I'll give him a shot and, and get him dancing out there, but they, they haven't commit yet. And I haven't harvested a coyote yet, but coyote hunting has prepped me for like, all kinds of shit. I suggest anybody who wants to hunt in California, you don't need a tag to hunt coyotes. If you're just starting and you want to learn how to, how to call and how to be patient, how to just wait. Uh, coyote hunting is your chillest hunt you're going to have. Cause it's literally get to a top of the hill and BLM has coyotes all over the place. You get to the top of the hill, make some calls, chill there with your buddy for a little bit and then hike after about 45 minutes and then hike to another hill and do the same thing. Um, it's easy. It's fun. And you're just on a hike with your bud with guns. I mean, what's, what's, what's bad about that? But yeah, it's, it's, I, I do all these things to try to make myself a better hunter because I don't, I hate to lose. I hate coming home to a tag soup. <laughs> I hate that. It's, it feels like when I, okay. And this is a silly, silly thing to do. But when I, when I'm out hunting, I compare myself to professional hunters. And I am like, I'm always pushing myself because, I mean, I just want to be the best, right? So it's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm constantly like, like when I'm shooting, I'm constantly, I mean, 
I'm not trying to compare myself to anybody, but I'm watching a lot of, you know, Cameron Haynes and I'm watching a lot of, well, uh, Corey, uh, Corey Williams, uh, black tells matters on Instagram. Uh, I watch a lot of his, his stuff and, and I listen to a lot of his mentorship and uh, I'm watching a lot of, you know, Lancaster archery. I'm, I'm watching archery strong pages, John Dudley. I, of course I'm, I'm watching all these people who are just awesome bowmen and, and women and I'm trying to implement the same things that they're doing just so I can be the best. And I, I, I train like I want to, I want to beat them one day. And that's what I how, what kind of mindset. And that's kind of why I come out here in the middle of the night and I start shooting my bow is because I just, I want to be, it, it shouldn't matter what time it is. If I have light and I can see my pin and I can see my target, I should be able to put it right in the middle. No problem. No, no matter what time it is. And like, no matter how far it is, that's why I got so frustrated when I was at 50 yards and I wasn't hitting bullseye. Cause I'm like, no, it shouldn't matter. There's something you're doing wrong with your form. There's something you're doing wrong. That's making you go all over the place. Like, cause you've hit it before you've hit it bullseye repeat that ever over and over again. I'll take videos of myself shooting, just so I can see, oh, your shoulder was up. Oh, your hand wasn't doing this. Oh, this wasn't right. Or, oh, your hand was like all the little details. I'm trying to like finite in my head just so I can be a better. But I even meditate, dude. When I get it right, when I get in the backyard, my, 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 my box is right here and I have my 30 over here. When I get in the backyard and I thump, 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 three in the middle and it feels good because there's just like this, like this urge of like testosterone release like just this feeling that comes over me for some reason when I shoot my bow and I go and I meditate on the things that I did and where my hand was and where I felt the pressure on my lip and on my nose and how like my arm felt and how my arm was relaxed and how uh, when I get it wrong, I'm like, Oh, that didn't feel right from the beginning. And I kind of go over my process of why that shot was wrong and why you shouldn't do it again and how you shouldn't like draw. I was doing this weird thing where I would like, extend my shoulder and then bring it down and draw back. But when I did that, my arm was in a different place and it wasn't going in the right place. But when I just pointed at the target and then pulled it back and set in, my shoulder was a lot more stable than before. And I just, the little things I realized every time I go out there and shoot, make me a better person, make me a better bowman, make me more, more patient. My wife is like, my patience has gone it's gotten way better <laughs> because, because I'm, 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 I'm not reacting to things. I'm thinking about things and it's not like I don't automatically, you know, I have ADHD as you can probably tell from listening to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and sometimes when I hear things, I don't know how to react unless it's like a fight or flight sort of situation. I think a lot of people with ADHD are really good with like fight or flight situations where it's like, Ooh, you got it. And I don't mean like fight or flight. I just mean like, like this is a, you have to react or like a bottle falls and you got to catch it yeah. or like anything active or you're playing chess. Um, it, there's like this thing that we're really good at, but we're not really good at like, I'm not really good. Should I say at like remembering the fine details? So definitely when I'm, when I'm hunting, it forces me to think about the fine details, which makes me think about all the fine details, like at home, like, oh, there's, I don't think about dishes. When I see dishes, I wash the dishes now. And I'm like more attentive to what is kind of going around. Like, oh, let me make sure I have this ready. It's just, there's all kinds of things that have made me a better person that I think hunting kind of instilled in me because you, when you're at camp, you can't leave the dishes full because you won't have anything to cook with in the morning. Like it, there's all kinds of things I've just learned when I'm out hunting that I came home and implemented. Like I need to probably, you know, clean up a little bit more and, um, and be a little bit more of a neater person. And it's, it's there, I can keep going and going, but guys, ladies and gentlemen, hunting just makes you a better person. I, I promise you it does, especially when you don't feel a tag. Oh my God. When you don't feel a tag, I feel like, when I didn't feel my tag, I felt like it was a huge self-reflection. I had to sit there and reflect about everything that went wrong, what I could have did to get better, what kind of gear do I need next time that'll make me more successful. And I go through all these like thoughts and like this sort of transformation happens to where the next time I want to go out, I'm more successful. And, um, and yeah, I talk a lot. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, man, that's great. So, um, if somebody's wanting to get into hunting, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's another, another guy from the city, whatever it is, what are some resources that, uh, 
you know, clearly Randy Newberg. <laughs> um, <laughs> he has a lot of stuff out there. But what are some what are some good resources that you would uh, you would recommend to some people looking to looking to get their start? I think it all depends on what kind of hunting you want to do. But if you're just talking about like hunting in California or hunting like just period wherever you're at, I think the best thing that you should do is start listening to whatever you're interested in hunting. So a lot of people, you know, don't care about hunting big game. They want to hunt ducks. Start following and surrounding yourself with people who are waterfowl hunters. Start like, and I appreciate the people like who, like the youth that, that I talk to, you know, surround yourself around people who you want to be like all the people you follow, you know, unfollow all the negative and just start following the waterfowlers and start following, you know, the, the pheasant hunters and follow those people who are using shotguns and who know how to, you know, who, who are do sea ducks and all that stuff and just surround yourself around that because once you're in that community and you start tagging and, and talking to people and laying comments, you're going to get feedback and people are going to talk to you, especially when you start asking questions to people, they're going to give you feedback and they're, and they're, and they're, they're going to engage with you. Uh, especially when, when you're just positive, man, you're just positive and you just want to know things. People are full of information and they, especially on Instagram, they love giving love, man. That's what I realized is people love to share information. They love to see people who are interested in, in hunting, especially if you're new find a mentor. Number one, find a mentor that you want to like, for me, it was Randy Newberg. When I started hunting, it was like, he was the only person that I knew at the time. Cause I, you know, I didn't really know anybody else. I didn't really connect with any of the shows, but he, he was like, okay, I want to base my values about hunting around the way he presents himself. And, um, I want to like, then meat eater popped up. And then I started meeting people around me, uh, like Corey Williams, his Instagram handle is Blacktails Matters, and he's another black hunter in California, and um, he's just kind of like super chill. He taught me so much about like punching the trigger and like just relaxing my front shoulder. I'm going to actually go train with him next week, and uh, he's going to help me out with figuring out if it's like target panic when I get past 60 yards or why am I, why is my, like, is my form messing up? Is it my sight? He's going to basically help me with my brain and, uh, archery, archery past, past 50 yards. And, um, like finding, having that person, especially in the city, you don't have uncles or dads or family members who will take you out hunting. You're kind of like, you don't have any options really. You're kind of out of luck unless, unless you're like a grown adult who has money to go out and buy a bow, you're pretty much stuck doing kind of what you're doing. Cause why would you be interested in something? You don't have any money to go do it. You don't have anybody who can teach you how to go do it. It's, you know, you don't know where to go. You don't know the laws. A lot of people don't even know that you need a license to go hunting. They, they, a lot of people don't really know even where to start. So yeah, it's uh, find a mentor, ask them like how to, what's how to get started and um, be consistent and don't let the failures interrupt what you want to do with hunting. Like if you have a goal, um, and one of my goals is to get a moose. I want to get a moose. I want to get a grizzly. That goal is going to be a long time before it happens. But like I'm working every year towards that goal and having that goal and prepping for like each year I'm prepping like by going on smaller hunts, like a deer hunt and an elk hunt. Well, it's not really a smaller hunt, but an elk hunt. <laughs> and you know, coyotes and, and I'm hunting antelope and I'm, I'm kind of prepping myself for like, okay, when I, when I get to this moose hunt, I'll be prepared because I'll know how to pack. I'll know how to handle the terrain. You know, there's all, when you get to those back country hunts, there's so much knowledge that you have to have. And, um, you know, the, you know, the gritty Bowman does it himself and, and Ryan Lampers, you know, they, they, they do it better probably than, than I would be able to do it right now. So definitely keeping an eye on them, but yeah, man, just finding a mentor and just, follow through and don't, don't give up. Just keep pushing. Don't let anything stop you. You only get to live one time. This, this earth, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So just make it a great day every day and just work towards whatever goal. If it's not, even if it's not hunting, anything you guys want to do in life, I'm talking about everybody out there in the world. If there's something you want to do, something you're passionate about doing rock climbing, um, going to, you know, paint, paint something, play the piano, guitar, you want to freaking do porno, whatever it is. Jeez. It doesn't matter. Just do it. You Jeez. only live once. Like if, yeah, man, whatever. I don't, I'm not here to judge anybody. Um, 
<laughs> whatever you guys want to do in life, man, I, I want you guys to just realize that, you know, it's not hurting anybody else. Just do it. Just live it once. And if you like it, keep going. Well, man, I think that is a perfect note to, to wind this down on. If folks want to find you, on, <laughs> go ahead, do porno. Um, <laughs> hey, I don't, whatever. I did, I did tell you there's nothing off limits on this podcast. So there we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, so if folks wanted to follow along, with all of the the dancing shenanigans and whatnot, uh, where can they find you online? Uh, if you guys just want some positivity in your day and a good laugh, just follow me right there on Campfire Evolution on Instagram. It's Camp underscore Fire underscore Evolution. Uh, that is also my Facebook. Um, I've taken a step away from Facebook because Facebook is kind of uh, toxic. Kind of going through some battles right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's toxic. It's toxic. I, I deleted my Facebook because it, it was just, even though, even though my, my posts that I post on Instagram, I post on Facebook and I get so much hate on my Facebook page. People do not like me on Facebook for some reason, hunting and dancing and being silly. Uh, I do not get good feedback on Facebook at all. It's so weird, man. <laughs> That's where so I'm weird. at. But you also got a, you've also got a TikTok too. If you want to got TikTok, it's campfire evolution at, at TikTok. Uh, I'm Buck the Black Hunter. Um, yeah, TikTok, I don't really I use TikTok for Instagram, honestly. I don't really pay yeah. too much attention to my TikTok. It's just kind of like, you know, I post a video and I edit it and I post it on Instagram, and that's I'm mostly on Instagram, guys. There you go. There you go. My yeah. my guys are my guys have been trying to get me to do more TikTok and I'm I'm slowly getting out of my grumpy old man phase and adopting it, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> it took me a little bit of time. It took me and then it's it's not for everybody. Yeah. I, I didn't when I first started saw TikTok, I was like little kids and I'm not I'm cool. I don't want to do no TikTok. And then um I seen a a, a meme from TikTok and I was like this is hilarious. So um I downloaded it and started doing it and here I am. There we go. Both of us letting China spy on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, aren't they getting rid of TikTok? I I have no idea, man. I whatever. I think they said they're gonna try and get rid of it. I don't care. I got other ways to edit music shit on my yeah. computer. It'll, it'll be the same shit. There we go. But awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I had an awesome time talking with you. I'm glad I didn't go too far. (laughs) (laughs) I had an awesome time talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, This is me guys. I'm just, I'm just a silly fucking goober dude who just likes to live his life and have fun and, and inspire people, man. That's that's what I, that's my goal in life now is, uh, you know, obviously I want to raise my family and be a good man uh, to them, but you know, I want to, I want to help people and I want to motivate people to, to get out and and live their true dreams and um, just, you know, all the stress and the anxiety of the world, you know, I want to help them find their way to narrate all that stress and all that anxiety, whether it be through healthy eating or the outdoors or, you know, personal training. If I, I'm not talking about personal training. I'm talking about you personal training yourself, like me motivating you to just do it and find, find like go to on it. The things I promote, I'm not talking about me doing these things. I'm talking about you doing these things. I want to help you like, Hey, where can I find a good workout video? I would send you to on its website because they have great progression of videos for you to get fit. If you're looking to get healthy. I'll send you to freaking Hillary Lampers and Ryan Lampers uh, and they'll help you get healthy. They have a lot of good knowledge uh, whatever you're looking for, man, I'm just here to help and pass on the knowledge and pass on the love and uh, keep people you know, in the outdoors and keep people healthy and, and happy. And that's, if I can make somebody, if I can make one person healthy and happy, I think I've done my job here on Campfire Revolution. Awesome. Well, thanks again, but I appreciate you hopping on. Hell yeah. Peace out, bro. All right, y'all, that'll do it for this episode of The Wild Initiative. Make sure to check out the show notes page at thewildinitiative.com. Get links to everything we talked about in today's episode. That'll do it for this week. Looking forward to next time. But until then, I hope this podcast inspired you to get involved, get outdoors, and plan your initiative for the wild. Thank you for listening to The Wild Initiative. Please take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher and head on over to thewildinitiative.com to get show notes, check out the blog, gear discounts, other podcasts from the Wild Initiative family, and more. Pursuing wild game in wild places. 
Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.